And hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L Women's Athletics. And even as we turn the calendar page to July, things are still going on, and we haven't actually been too much into the doldrums of summer, as we used to like to call it here, uh, getting some great things happening. We'll talk about those today as we've got a crew of four in here today. Case is up uh, watching boats go fast on the Ohio River. And so he is not with us today. And as a side, he uh, texted me at 7.30 this morning and said, guess what, I can't write the article today. So I got pulled in for double duty. He's not with us today, but we do have Daryl. We have Jeff. We have, of course, Jared and me, Paulie. So we should have some fun on the broadcast today. As we like to do, let's kind of catch up with the crew here. Daryl's with us today. Daryl, fourth plans. What's going on? I, I, hey, guys, I'm glad to be here. Uh, finally got a weekend off, so I'm going to embrace that and uh, do a whole lot of nothing around the house. Sounds like I, I was going to say, how many rounds of golf? <laughs> yeah, I might do some, like, pitch and practice in the backyard or something but the goal is not to leave the house fantastic <laughs> do you need a hammock we've got a hammock we can send over to you oh i have plenty of things to keep me entertained but if you're <laughs> offering up a free hammock uh, i mean i can't say no yeah because uh, i think it's still in the basement we're in the process of cleaning my mother-in-law's house out and uh, i think it's still down there if i find it off I'll, I'll let you know fedex <laughs> now, this is throw it in the back of the F-150 and drop it off in your front yard. And that works for me. And then call you two hours later. <laughs> hey, Daryl, we dumped something off in your yard out there we think you might like, okay? <laughs> what is it? I can't tell you. Uh, I didn't help get it out. So, all right, Jeff, what's going on with you, my man? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, you know, uh, just debating... Uh, what height we want to include for attack yorkies? Uh, what what the past has been on that, and and what we want to consider it going forward. We were talking about that a little bit before the show started. Trying to remember some of that. Yes, the old river cardinal couple tradition of our attack yorkie crew, which Jared and I seem to think was set at five foot five. Jeff seems to remember five foot six, and discussions have entered. About raising it to five foot seven. Uh, some thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, you know, I, you know, retroactively that pulls in some players, like uh, somewhat retroactively, including current uh, Mikasa Robinson and Haley Manlith. Uh, in the past, you're looking at uh, Patricia Barlow would have been included in that. Um, Dana Evans. Uh, yeah, Dana. Well, Dana Evans was, was five six. So, depending on what we would determine the, the historical value has been, um, potentially. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I think these players play in the style that we think of for attack Yorkies and, and maybe deserve it. But uh, as you pointed out, you move it up to five seven, you start adding a bunch more players to the list. So, I don't know. It will be one that will be discussed in the Cardinal Couple Rules and Committees. <laughs> we may have an answer for you this time next year. Yeah, on our answer on that. We'll see. We, we, we may borrow a page from the NCAA and get an answer in twenty thirty two. Absolutely, but that's of course you know granted that we submit it in triplicate. 
so that it can make right. it to all three parts of the building. They don't want to apply to Bellarmine. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll ask, why aren't you including Bellarmine in your right. Because they're on probation. Absolutely. And uh, we've been on secret probation for the last 10 years anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, might as well have been, yeah. All right, very good. Jared in the house with us today. Jared been out taking photos of things uh, kind of sports related, I guess, with cheer and dance. What's going on with that, Jared? Yeah, so in the past week, besides some individual work, I've shot and worked with a boutique store, a fitness clothing brand, and then the <clears throat> cheer show that had a couple seasons on Netflix that apparently was extremely popular went on tour so to make even more money. One of their stops was here in Louisville, so they were at the KFCM Center on Thursday night. I'd reached out a few weeks back because I knew some of the cheerleaders from UofL Times. I was like, hey, I'd love to you know, photograph this event. And their, uh, whoever their rep was, I kind of organized this media stuff, was more than happy to let me in. And she just asked if I could provide some photos. So I've been finishing those up to send over to them today and got to meet some of the these cheerleaders that have millions of followers on their social media accounts and i'm like hey you know uh give me a you know a good name out here put, put my name out and uh see if you can build my following and grow my business for me but no they were actually all very super nice for usually excuse me you usually assume that people that have a pretty following pretty big following on social media and whatnot might not always be the kindest but these people were actually really nice when i got a chance to talk to them and meet them after the event is the major question here is how many were selfies and how many were not? Only only three <laughs> selfies and 2,500 pictures with actual oh cameras. Oh, my God. So go that blows the proportion out of the water, Jared. What are we thinking? <laughs> you that's, that's like a football game. I'll have about 3,000 photos to go through. Or a women's basketball game could range from anywhere from 500 to 800 photos. So it keeps me busy. And I don't know if it if you shared the selfies on socials, Jared, but people need to imagine your tall self next to these tiny girls <laughs> and how high up your arm is to get you and them in the picture. Yeah. I know the one that's kind of like the full body shot. I shared these out on Twitter, I believe. And you can tell the height difference. And I'm 6'5", but some of these kind of girls are less than 100 pounds and have to be really small to be flyers. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I look like an absolute giant compared to them, but it was it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Got to remember, Paul, that when Jared's shooting these things, he usually has his, has long lenses. So you want a selfie? He's got to have arms that are you know thirty feet long <laughs> to get the lens out far enough. Oh yeah, the the selfies have to go with the phone because the lens would yeah capture maybe the eyeball and nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard you've been stopping by Miss Mary's priest pre-k school too to practice with some of the kids <laughs> enrolled in there you know and uh, of course also we can't forget that uh, anytime that jared's out there doing something like that he's got at least five or six things that indicate his own photography service so oh yeah i had to wear one of my shirts and kind of rub the brand yeah they look like nice shirts i wouldn't know i didn't get one mm. <laughs> i made uh, i made I had a friend make three of them for me, uh, red, gray, and black, just enough so I can kind of wear those on rotation, but I didn't realize how expensive shirts are. Oh, yeah, so they, it'd be they cool to sell them, but they're yeah, a little pricey. And, and just to confirm, Jared, people or the girls in this event, there was guys too, but... Um, right, it was a probably, there's like 20-something, and I think it's half-half guys and girls. These are all people that have 
already like performed with a program like in college somewhere, right? They're not like young girls. Correct. So all of these are either recent alums or kind of heading into their final year of cheer, which I think one of them's coming back to U of L for a, a fifth year because gotcha. like like the normal NCAA, the NCA and NDA and everybody is granted a fifth year of eligibility in terms of competition at Daytona. But basically anybody that went to the event could possibly be still be recruited. And, you know, it being in Louisville, these are possibly people that could end up in UofL uniforms. So. Oh, absolutely. And the UofL cheer coaches were there uh, present and they got a little shout out from uh, the, nice. the cheer group. And I think that's excellent because, you know, you've got these big time professional cheerleaders that you know the the world is seeing now and they're giving a shout out to our coaches i mean that's big that's you know like when you have wnba players shouting out jeff walls for what he did or yeah uh, you've got some of our women's soccer players and amina shouting out her ties to UofL. that's huge in terms of recruiting and then those cheerleaders see you on the sideline putting in the extra effort and i'm sure that could sway their decision so thank you for doing that it's really oh awesome. yeah and we we love all all aspects of UofL, whether it's athletics affiliated, non-athletics affiliated, or hybrid, you know, we want to stay in the, the good spotlight for all of that as much as we can. And, and, and Daryl, we do know the old adage that you're nobody if you haven't had your picture taken by Jared Anderson. <laughs> that's so, how you know it's real. That's right. If you that's... see your picture with Jared, that, that's A+. Plus. <laughs> and if he is in the selfie with you, oh my God. That's just like you've uh, made it. That means you made it. Oh, five, yeah. Five aces with deuces wild. Yo, boom. You got the hand, <laughs> It's right there. As for uh, uh, me, you're here, fearless leader. It's been kind of a slow week, actually, just to try to avoid this heat a little bit and stuff, but uh, catching up on some other things. The uh, the process of eventually getting my mother and late mother in law's house ready for sale is. Ongoing still, which means one of my most favorite things in the world, going through rooms where nobody has touched anything for five years and determining what stays, what goes, and what we donate to charity. Paul, that reminds me of the George Carlin skit. Yeah. The stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's a great skit. <laughs> I, I happened to be talking to a Cardinal Cover old buddy and, and friend of mine, Harry Lindsay, the other morning. I was telling him about that. He goes, I've been cleaning stuff up too, Paulie. I recently decided I had to throw away a thousand copies of the Louisville Sports Report. <laughs> didn't need to hang on to them anymore. <laughs> and it's been, what, four years since he's written for them? But, uh, yeah, so, well, I guess after you read the first five, it was all kind of common, wasn't it? You got a big kick out of that. So, yes, if you have junk declutter, folks, you'll be a lot happier. And even though if it wears you out a little bit still. The, the room you've made for more junk is, is, is utmost importance, very much so. Uh, since we ha don't have Case in the house today, uh, let's see, scheduling and Twitter. I got to go to Jared today with this. He's going to be our man for that, and it should be a pretty easy run for him, actually. So, uh, all right, big guy, take a picture of it and give us some scheduling and Twitter. Yeah, scheduling, we still don't have anything yet. But as uh, we've all kind of mentioned throughout the week in some of our articles, it, it was kind of a, a schedule week as we saw many of our fall sports release their regular season schedules. Uh, so I think at this point, we're kind of counting down the days, uh, about a month and a half or so till the first few events. Uh, can't come quick enough, I think, for most of us right now. 
but we'll go ahead, jump ahead to our Twitter accounts. Case, who is absent today, does tweet out as best case scenario. That is BST, no E in the word best. Uh, Daryl, who's back with us again, tweets out as Daryl Fast 4. That's just the number four, not spelling out for. Apolly tweets out as Cardinal Couple. Jeff's got a couple Twitter accounts. You've got at Jeff McAdams and then his card couple radio, which will uh, get a lot more active as soon as volleyball starts back up, I believe. And then I tweet out as at Mr. Anderson Jared. And we're through scheduling and Twitter. Boy, you did that in about as much time as it took me to switch to one screen to the other on the laptop. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I think one calendar note we can throw in here, and it's it's purely an administrative thing, is I believe, if I'm correct, July 1 marks the date that is the official turnover from one academic and sports season to the next for NCAA and for U of L. Ah, correct. Yeah. It's also the birthday of U of L and the ACC. Yep. For the same reason, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, ACC makes sense. Sent, did yeah. they send us a cake or anything? Is there anything no. to celebrate with? No. No, we're but, old news, Paul. If they did, they made it in Greensboro and it's still there and they're enjoying it. <laughs> Well, yeah, if you all can come down and pick it up at the ACC tournament in March, uh, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. yeah now, be... yesterday did uh, signal the first day of retirement for a long time. Indeed. Sports, administrative, sports information director, Kenny Klein. Yep. yep. Which yep. he is also, I believe, hosting the golf scramble next month. Yeah, so I think he still is. Entirely. Right. So his retirement isn't a full retirement. He's still going to be involved with men's basketball on the sidelines doing some work and i think he's gonna help out a little bit here and there uh, so th i think you can't go from being busy 24 7 to not being busy at all so he's made the smart decision of still be involved a little bit i know he's certainly uh been quite active in the years we've had cardinal couple going on and uh certainly i know that uh, he's had a very very good group of sports information directors for the various sports that have have written for him over the years some that uh, have been invaluable to us here at cardinal couple as far as getting us interviews and, and and getting us items and getting us things that we need to report on for you and giving us maybe a different look than you might normally get out of their eyes so uh, certainly they all hang on unfortunately it looks like gosh that, that old gang of mine continues to retire your kids you know with Kenny gone and Obviously, with Nick Evans now no longer doing it, and some of the others stepping out, I think uh, Nancy Worley's going to be resigning her post pretty soon. Retiring, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and retiring. We haven't heard any news on that, but. She's nothing official, but yeah, yeah. after 35 years, I think she's made some inklings that. Yeah. You're not going to get another 35 out of me. Sorry, no. kid. <laughs> and that's a long time. <laughs> while we're talking about Kenny, I'd also like to shout him out for being the the guy that invited me out to the golf scramble, and he's the one that pretty much got my hobby started. So I'll always think of him when it comes to golf, and I'm already three years in. And when I he invited me to the first one in 2019, or my first one in 2019, I let him know I had never played, and uh, but I was going to start learning, and he was very understanding and willing to let me go out there and play with the people that have been playing. So Kenny Klein's huge uh, impact on my new hobby. So when you slice one off into the woods, you can get mad at Kenny. <laughs> I'll just yell Kenny every time. Ah! <laughs> I, I, I will say I, I, have, 
I have never actually had the opportunity to, to, to speak with Kenny personally, never had any personal uh, interactions with him directly, but uh, certainly every person out there that I've seen and I've seen a number of people who have, you know, having been involved at, you know, you sports Twitter and, you know, Cardinal Couple and others that have run into a lot of people and to a person that have talked about how just genuinely nice and, and kind and caring he is. So, you know, yeah, I, I've never had the personal experience, but um, certainly can, can understand where everybody's coming from on that. When I first came up with the conceptual idea of starting Cardinal Couple years ago, uh, I did not approach Kenny right off the bat. Instead, I approached Tom Jurich and Julie Herman, who were both very big at the time in UofL sports athletics and such. I uh, got uh, resplendent and, and very encouraging positive remarks from them on doing so. Uh, I think it was Julie may have mentioned you might want to let Kenny Klein know what you're doing. And so I did drop an issue to him and didn't hear from him. Uh, but about three months later, he did kind of acknowledge what I was doing and uh, left it with, is there anything I can ever do for you, let me know. That was nice of him to say that. And I do appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, I did have a major run-in with him a few years back where a former sports information director for Louisville erroneously blamed something on him that was this person's fault. I took it up with Kenny, who, correctly so, stood up for his position and said, hey, I didn't do this, Paul. This was done by so-and-so. I was like, well, I'm glad you got that straightened out for me, Kenny. I appreciate it, and I'm sorry that I accused you of something wrongly. Eh, we've been kind of you know, hot and cold since then, but certainly Louisville is going to miss him for what he's done, gang. There is no doubt about that. And to replace a guy like Kenny Klein, boy, where do you, where do you turn? What do you do? Who takes that role? Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard to find just one person who can do what Kenny did because of how much he did. And he really did not sleep at times because of how busy he was. And he was great with just making sure anybody who wanted to get involved with UofL Sports Media, he would at least give them the opportunity in, in some way to get out to some games when he could afford to do so. But, yeah, I mean, the, the man ran around like crazy. I thought I was busy until I met Kenny Klein, and and then he kind of puts my schedule to shame. I think that uh, yeah, he's he's earned the rest, or at least not a, a total rest, at least a, a lessening of things that he does. And I think anything that he does from now on will be things that he wants to do, not that he's contracted to do by job title or description. So that's always fun when you can live like that, gang. And say, I'm doing this because I want to, not because I have to. Okay? There is a big difference there, believe me. Amen. But, uh, all right. Uh, we, we've discussed that. To, to probably ad nauseum, but uh, a good deal here a little bit. And let's kind of move into the, the meat and bones of the show. I guess uh, the, the big thing, maybe the largest thing that happened this week as far as Louisville women's sports went, is Jeff Walls announced that the Cards now have added a six foot five postgraduate center their roster for 22-23. Josie Williams comes in from Utah Valley State after her four years of eligibility. She's headed to Louisville for a year. Uh, this is a big move for the Cards. We hear a lot of times, gang, about Louisville not having much height. 6'5", uh, 
I think she led the conference in rebounding and scoring her last season at Utah Valley State. This is huge, Daryl. This is very huge. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I feel like the last few years, these players that come in for a year, we've we we are t- fans attach themselves to them pretty quickly, and we want more out of them. But we got to appreciate what we have, and and Coach Walls is starting to pick up on that idea that we need to get these bigger uh, women in here that can bang around under the basket with the Aaliyah Bostons and uh, a six, five Josie Williams can possibly do that. She has a good summer getting some weight on her and some strength under the basket. It could be a, a nice formula for this team. I'm very excited. If you haven't read it yet, Paul had a good post this morning, just kind of previewing the roster and, I love the way that you set it up, Paul, with <laughs> whether it was by their number that they're going to be your favorite player or their height or whatever. It got you excited because you see names that we've been accustomed to, like our uh, Haley Van Liss and our Olivia Cochran's, but then you see the list of the new names that we can get excited for, and I, I'm, I'm just itching for some basketball. I know it's months away, but I'm excited to see what Coach Walls can put together. And Daryl, I know a lot of times the casual women's basketball fan will ask a question of me like, hey, who is that number 11 out there? She's pretty good. Or who's that little girl that's playing out there with Haley? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, in, in either situation, you got to kind of wall gather here. So, you know, hmm, a little girl playing with Haley. Uh, uh, Dana Evans? No, no. Uh, yeah. But uh, to put it out there in that kind of aspect, so. Fans will know it. Uh, what what I think is pretty cool is they've already assigned the freshman numbers. So we'll have that's that. the exciting part uh, yeah. when you come in is to get your number. I did notice no number fours though, so that yeah. spot is still open in my heart. <laughs> well, they're holding that for you, Daryl. I think they found a year of eligibility for you. <laughs> not only can you join the roster as their 16th player, but you can also officially be a tag Yorkie. And we're I can rebound. That. I'll go out there, there and go. fight. You and, you and Casa Robinson going to the nail for that loose ball on the 30-point blowout. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about Josie here. And, and, and Jared, this is a, a player that's going to come in and obviously add some needed height to the cards. But we were all kind of wondering and, and thinking that Wallace was pretty much done with the recruiting process for the 22-23 season, right? You know, he had 14 players on the roster here. It looked like he had, he had added a little height here. Morgan Jones as a 6'2 guard is certainly a good move. A couple of the freshmen have got good height. How much of a surprise and how much did this catch you off guard, the addition of Josie? I wasn't expecting Louisville to get anybody else at the time. So it was, I was like, oh, well, we got another player. But you have to look at it as sometimes if the opportunity presents itself and you've got a player that you just can't pass up, then then take it. And I guess you kind of run into that situation with some of the different professional level drafts. And you may have your eyes on like a certain player or position. And then you look and you're, you see, oh, well, the just best overall player might be the better one to go after. And I think he was just like, this is one of the best overall players that's out there right now that's still – open and let's go in and snag her before somebody else goes after her and then we have to go up against her in the schedule in the future 
So I think it's good. And then it's just another play on the roster that if you run into some unfortunate incidents of illnesses or injuries, you've got another player that you can fall back on and continue to develop and throw in at a moment's notice. Or ACC officials as well. Yes. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we need to start recruiting some officials to do ACC for us. Jeff, we, we gained a 6-5, but it looks like we may have lost a 6-5. Not entirely a 6-5 that's going to concentrate full-time on volleyball in Sydney Shetton, but we gained the 6-5 in Josie Williams. Uh, that's, uh, th- th- just discuss that a little bit. What's yeah, so, like, Sydney Shetton had, as far as I understand it, had all, had intended to play both sports. Um, you know, we knew that the first year she was only going to play basketball and then was going to join the volleyball team as well. But my understanding was that her intention had been to play both. Um, you know, I think there's a very real possibility that she saw the caliber of the basketball player in play and that she saw that she was probably not going to be able to have a significant impact there um, and that she was getting out out, out recruited, out, out class there uh, and just decided to focus on the, on the volleyball. Uh, you know, I, I have only seen her in, play volleyball in spring, uh, this spring when she played some. Um, and she does a, a fine job there, but uh, I don't know that she's like she's going to be a starter there, at least not this year. Um, so I don't know. I think she's probably looking to find her place. Uh, and obviously we wish her well. I'm excited to see her develop as a, as a volleyball player. Um, but it, it sounds like that's that's probably what she's decided to do at this point. And, you know, I, I can't blame her on that. Uh, it looks like it's going to be kind of a, a crowded uh, in the paint for the cards here uh, in basketball. So, yeah, that's fair six, enough. Six five on the front line in volleyball is certainly not. A yeah. At all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, you know, I'll 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 go back to uh, the final four match in Columbus when we were playing against Wisconsin and they had, you know, frontline attackers that were six, eight and six, nine. <laughs> so, okay, okay. We can use, you know, we have, you know, a six, three, Amaya Tillman, six, two, maybe, I don't remember, right. Maybe uh, Anna Stevenson going up blocking and they're very, very, very good blockers. And man, data Recky was just hitting right over top of them in that fifth set. So, you know, yeah, having some height. Is, is, is a good thing. So um, the, the if, you, West, if you can get the, the quality play along with it. And the, the Wisconsin women's basketball coach was chewing on her shoulders going, <laughs> what are they doing out there? Yeah. They should be on my team. Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's really glad Dana Redkey graduated. However, that 6'9 that outside that they had is like, I think she's a sophomore. So like, Back a little bit to Williams here. What did she do in her four years at Utah Valley State? She accomplished some pretty cool things for the Wolverines gang. Uh, she's sixth all-time in scoring with 1,221 points, third all-time in rebounding with 783, and in her four years, she had 110 blocks. She was also second all-time with a 52.1 shooting percentage and her 7.4 rebounding average per game and 77.6 free throw percentage, ranked third in school history. We'll take each one of those numbers, glowing reports for. Now, how does it translate out from the WAC to the ACC? That is what we will find out in time, I'm sure. But And another so. thing, Paul, I'm excited to see her personality. Uh, I've tried to find some things on her social media or from Utah Valley's um, 
website and just trying to see a little bit of her game in video. Um, they don't, it looks like they don't have as much video presence um, at Utah Valley State as they would at UofL. So it's still kind of a question mark. I'm hoping we get the, the fierceness that, you know, of a Sam Furing um, down there under the basket. But I'm sure that Coach Walls is going to open her eyes to a new side of the game. Oh, absolutely. West Coast basketball and East Coast basketball are just totally different. And I'm just hoping the translation is, is there for her and she gets the most out of this year um, and hoping that she might even have the same goals in mind as Emily Angsler did. So just about to add that maybe a 15 minute phone conversation with Emily yes. would do wonders for her as far as kind of opening those eyes to what is ahead for her. I'm sure it's exciting. And has anyone, I'm sure the coach or the women's basketball schedule is not out yet, but no. uh, uh, we don't know if coach walls is going to get a game out there for her to go back to her home and her family to see her, but I'm sure that's in the, in the works too. Yeah, you, you, you got to wonder. I mean, our West Coast trips are maybe once every two or three years. I think we were just out there last year with some games out there, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, if she's going to be here for one year, I would be very surprised if we add Utah Valley, you know, Valley State to the schedule for 22-23, and she'll be gone after that. But uh, – I certainly wouldn't mind seeing us make a couple of more trips out there. I think it's a good team-building experience, Daryl, to be able to go on, you know, a seven-day, ten-day road trip. Yeah. And be with, the, you know, having meals together, doing things off uh, off basketball time together, traveling together, those kind of things can only help build team chemistry. But another thing that I think will be interesting, and maybe you've, you've got some thoughts on this too, we're, we're bringing in, basically, Seven players who dressed up and played for us last year, and eight who didn't. Mm-hmm. Chemistry could be a bit of a, a touch-and-go thing to begin with, would you, you think? Absolutely. Um, but if anyone can pull them together, it's Coach Walls. The I feel like the teams in the last few years have, have expressed that um, as much as anyone. They say that we're all in this together, and um, we all have a goal in mind, and you know, Coach Walls is pretty good about evaluating personalities and will they blend with the the rest of the team. And I don't think he would pursue anyone that wouldn't mesh well. I'd have to agree. And, and Jared, is it kind of a case of where you take a look at Haley, you take a look at Casa, and you say, go out there and be my leaders? Yeah, you need your returners to be the ones to step up and be the leaders, kind of get everybody on track together and and just lead that whole getting players to mesh and having these non-official team activities, whether they go out to the mall or they go bowling or they all just go out and get dinner together, just something, have a game night. Just It's good ways to mesh and gel, and it really will uh, show on the court the better connected they are. We'll certainly find out more as the season gets closer. But as for right now, it looks like to be a very strong Cardinal lineup leading into the 22-23 season game. All right, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, we have some schedules on board now for the 22 season. Uh, I think we'll just go ahead and start with women's soccer since uh, that one was out yesterday in Daryl's article and 
It looks like we have a 16-game slate, eight regular season home games, and one preseason exhibition game. And uh, playing nine of our 16 matches against teams that reached the NCAA tournament last year. So that's over 50% of tournament band teams. Uh, this is a schedule that looks like it could be pretty tough for the cards here. And uh, you just got to wonder, with so much strength in the ACC women's soccer, Daryl, uh, Louisville is going to be hard-pressed, I think, to reach 500 again this year. Yeah, I could agree. Um, and if you look at last year's schedule, there's pl- a handful of games that it was just one goal difference, and, and that could that one goal is just a huge different maker difference maker in the overall record. And this is just a team and a program that is kind of struggling to get over that hump in recent years. But um, I I'm excited to see if they can get over the 500 and and get some postseason under their belt too because it's been a while. Case being our kind of granted our women's soccer expert here on the Cardinal couple staff, but I'm, I'm going to go to you on this one, Jeff. There are some really good players back next year, but there is big one big question mark that the cards do have. Goalkeeper. That is correct, sir. Yeah. Uh, the Gabs is gone. What saith now? I, yeah, I don't have an answer to that. We do obviously have a, a goalkeeper on the, on the, a couple goalkeepers on the roster listed. Uh, Aaron Floyd, is, I think, is uh, an incoming freshman. Uh, and then um, Olivia Pratapas is a redshirt freshman. Um, so, like, there's there's people there that are listed in that position. So it's not like we're going to be, you know, grabbing a, a backfielder and say, here, put on different colored jerseys and do something <laughs> a little bit out of position. But, uh, you okay, know, that's – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, 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 not a, a great deal of experience there. So having, uh, making that transition from where you had a, a Gabby Cazales there who was, who was definitely a team leader, who had a lot of experience, who was, who was very highly, highly skilled, highly experienced uh, to get us to, uh, you know, players that have not really played much, if at all, on the uh, college level. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to, to fill there. Look, you know, let's hope our uh, back line defenders can can step up and provide them a little protection. I'm kind of worried about offense too, though. Yeah, because... Jared, I was just about to ask you about that. Uh, defense, there's going to be some questions and challenges. But offense, you know, obviously you've got to score more points than the other team to win the game, right? Who's going to be scoring those points for us? That's kind of the question in the air right now is, I mean, I thought late in the season last year, Emma Hiscock really stepped up and started to showcase her skill. She's uh, on the roster to return. Uh, three, Your other three top scorers, whether you're looking at by goals or total points, Julia Simon has transferred out. Nina Nikoshi has transferred out. Delaney Snyder's graduated after using her fifth year of eligibility. So that's tough. And then not – Far below that, you've got Maisie Whitsett, who played as a center back, and she recorded a couple goals and six total points. You've got Sarah Fernandez, who's up there, a couple goals, five total points. But she's so your center backs. Right. You're, yeah. You shouldn't be relying on your defenders to be yeah. some of your top returning scorers. So that's kind of a concern there. I think uh, Anouk Denton, Denton may have a little bit more of an important role in the offense 
as she'll probably move towards more to an offensive midfielder instead of a defensive midfielder. We'll have to play by ear on that. I she's, think we're really she's also at, listed as a defender, but yeah. Uh, she may end up kind of transitioning more over. Yeah. Uh, I thought Morgan Bentley showed some bright spots last year when she was healthy. Uh, but other than that, you've lost a lot of your scores. So you're relying on a freshman to come in, a transfer to come in, or somebody who just really didn't see a lot of playing time to really step it up and take over. So that it's a little concerning at this point in the year. Uh, but maybe we'll see somebody get their confidence early with some of the lesser opponents with the non-conference schedule that can maybe feed into ACC play and get a spark. The a trend, and I'm not going to say it's a, it's it's a definite, but a trend over the last two or three years in Karen Ferguson Days' recruiting has been pretty much located and and been centered around our area here, guys. Uh, some great recruits out of Ballard, for example. Some other recruits that have played here locally on on the level. Uh, Assumption comes to mind right away with, with Haley Snyder, who's a really good player there. Uh, a couple good girls out of South Oldham, Brooke Dardano and Evelyn Pazienza, uh both uh, kind of midfielders that you know, could have some attack skills. Uh, Louisville soccer and on the women's level is also reaching new highlights and also a lot of popularity out there. Plus, we've got the pro team in town now. Uh, Darrell, this all adds up to kind of looking like, are we going to you know, depend more and more on local girls as this goes on? Hey, that's not a bad plan. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've kind of established the soccer um fan base and the, the idea of this town being a soccer town. So we've got girls coming from local schools. I see some uh, Ballard and Assumption on the roster, and I, I like to keep them local. Uh, I think it's great marketing strategy for both L and racing. Right. And it's just <laughs> a, a good formula. You take a look just here at the the early part of the schedule here, we can kind of go through these. We're starting out with a exhibition game against Cincinnati. And, and please explain to me how we do exhibitions as compared to regular season games. It just doesn't make any sense to me what we schedule as an exhibition compared to a regular season game. If anybody has an answer, please let me know. I'd be happy to uh, entertain your thoughts on it. But we're playing an exhibition game against Cincinnati. The team that we played... Uh I was going to yeah. say, this I-71 is going to get a workout. It's the first part yeah. of the season. Absolutely. You've got Northern Kentucky. You've got Xavier. I know those are three of the first four so, games. Yeah, Cincinnati, Xavier, Northern Kentucky, all within USC 16 is days of each other, you know? USC is coming to town. I doubt they get on 71, but you never know how they, <laughs> no, but... they decide to come down. Uh, the cards, of course. Uh, and then they play Memphis and Virginia, along with James Madison. Uh, not really sure what's up with that, but they are going to Harrisonburg, Virginia, which I've never been to, to take on not only Memphis, but also to take on JMU. I've got to wonder, is this some kind of AAC, big ACC cross thing, or what's going on here? I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, so, uh, it, I don't know. You take a look at this early schedule. I'd be happy if we could go, I'm going to say if we can go 500. Three and three in these first six games. I'll be tap, I'll be tickled with that. Uh, and if we can beat Memphis, 
I'll be happy with that too. Well, anytime you beat Memphis is a cause and for any sport anywhere. Yeah. Uh, IU, things get a little bit tougher when the cards face them. Miami always a a good opponent for us, but a Miami team that hasn't been all that great in past years. So uh, certainly having both of those schools coming into Lynn Stadium could be advantageous for us. But then, boy, listen to this killer road, Jared. Uh, Florida State on the road. Virginia on the road. And then we go to Pittsburgh on the road. That's three in a row right there that look pretty killer to me, son. And if you get through those three, guess what? Clemson comes to town. They're pretty decent, too. Yeah, it's it's not a pretty schedule uh, by any means. Uh, the ACC schedule is just absolutely brutal, and a lot of these teams are easily some of the favorites to be in the Final Four, as you mentioned, like Florida State, Virginia. Uh, North Carolina is another one. You're going to see that all three of those will probably ride the top five all year. Uh, Miami should be ranked for most of the year. I think Notre Dame is kind of getting back to their old days. Duke's starting to get back to their old days. So it's you're going to see more ranked opponents than unranked opponents once you get to conference play. Uh, non-conference, yeah, Memphis was ranked top 25 all year, advanced to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Some of these other ones, though, uh, James Madison, Northern Kentucky, Xavier, USC, those at this point are going to be must-wins. Uh, you can't afford to lose any matches against teams that are going to be of your skill set level or maybe just slightly above you or those even that are below you uh, but it's it's not going to be easy and at this point with the no overtime rules uh, i am kind of concerned that we're going to see more of the kind of that prevent defense especially as you get later into the match and just settle for a tie instead of you know going out for a win uh, when some wins may be rather crucial to kind of let folks know most of the ACC slate is a Thursday, Saturday kind of thing. Although there are a couple of Sundays thrown in there for good measure as well. For the and ACC. I believe Senior Day will be a Saturday evening against Notre Dame. I, I don't see them I was doing ask Senior Day on a Thursday night. So yeah. I would go ahead and anticipate October 15th for Senior Day. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I doubt they would do it on the 27th against North Carolina on a Thursday. But they might. You never know. It just depends. Uh, I think they would probably want it against Notre Dame. Yeah. But we'll see how, how that happens. Uh, just one more thing on women's soccer real quick. Guess where Allison Whitfield's headed to? Anybody? Anybody? What's yeah. Allison doing? She's, she's, she's going to Racing Louisville, guys. Jeff, what about that? That's fantastic, right? I, just, I, just, I laughed when uh, Daryl said something about the marketing. And you see Whitfield joining Amina Ekic there. Who, you know, th- those two have been friends for life basically you know they they started playing together at a very young age uh, in club soccer and then all the way through Emmanuel high school here at U of L, and now whitfield joins at least temporarily the roster at, at racing uh to kind of be reunited with with amina uh, you know the racing marketing crew's gotta love that that's gotta be a lot of fun um but yeah great for her um more broadly in the program, you've also got you have uh, the USLW, which is the development league for the women, uh, that has like a new Denton involved with it. And Jared Darrell, help me out, to K- uh, um, Paul, who else has joined that USLW team that's still on our roster? 
right? That's oh, also I'm going to have to go back and, and look at that because right. there was... Uh, yeah. There were several. Yeah. There are several in there that would be pretty good at it, I do think. And Yeah, I know Nick Ditton was. But I don't remember who else it was, but there were there were several that were that were current U of players that were playing. It's obviously a non-professional position, uh, but with the the this racing local local city program, the development league program. So, yeah, man, it's very cool. Like you said, the the developing the the local soccer talent as in developing Louisville as a uh, as one of the center of gravities of soccer is, is great. It's it's one of those things, rising tide lifts off boats, sort of thing. Should be a very interesting rest of the summer for Louisville women's soccer as they prepare for that August 12th opener on a Friday night in an exhibition game against Cincinnati. So make sure you get out to Cindy Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium for that one. Should be a lot of fun, and maybe the temperature will actually drop below 90 for that one. <laughs> yeah. We can only hope. Also, out of the scheduling world out there that we've had at, we did get a schedule for volleyball. How about volleyball? Wow. Yeah, uh, we actually talked about this a little bit last week, uh, kind of spur of the moment. But uh, to, to add a little bit to that, one thing that I, as I was looking back at it later uh, and with the Sunday article when I was looking at it there, and then I, I think, uh, Jared, I think you covered it later in the week as, as well in a little more depth, the, the similarities between this year's schedule and last year's uh, there's some definite echoes across the, the year to year. Um, you look at the, the tournament up in South Dakota this year, it's the same participants that we had in the tournament that was played in Louisville last year uh, for the Cardinal classic uh, that Purdue plus Xavier Lipscomb, Xavier or Lipscomb uh, that pair of matches that same pairing and setup was done at uh, Xavier last year. It's going to be in Louisville this year. Um, and then that, that whole series where you had uh, Purdue, last year we had Purdue, Xavier, uh, Kentucky, Nebraska as four matches in a row. You know, Nebraska to closing that off with that uh, national, with a national powerhouse team. Um, that this year is, is going to be Purdue, neither Xavier Lipscomb, probably Xavier because. Again, probably Xavier's going to win that game against Lipscomb first, but so it'll probably be Purdue, Xavier, Kentucky, Stanford with another national powerhouse at the end of that. So just really a lot of echoes between last year's schedule and this year and how it went. And, you know, turned out pretty well for us last year. So I'm That's okay what that. I was going to say. If it works, yeah. it works. Let's stick with it. Yeah. Improve on it. And uh, I think it's smart. A schedule that features four games before just the month of September. Fantastic for the cards there as they, as mentioned, uh, played some of the same schools they played last year, but some new ones involved in there. This is a team that has certainly captured the hearts and minds, I think, Jared, of, of Louisville women's sports fans with their heroic and oh-so-close run last year and certainly with a lot of talent returning. Uh, when, when you take a look at this schedule coming up uh for Louisville early on, it looks like they could have some good things going on, but let's take maybe a little more look at the team itself coming back, Jared. This is a team that, although graduation did affect them in a few certain areas, man, they've got some talent back in that's fantastic and out of this world. 
Oh, absolutely. You've got uh, your fifth-year player and Claire Chausset coming back, and she's uh, certainly in her uh, later half of her career has really stepped up and been a key performer at times for the Cards. You've got Anna DeBeer, who we've come to just see be able to absolutely destroy the ball, no matter where she is on on the court, even from the back row kills that I think we get excited over. You've got Iko Jones, who's, I believe in terms of school-wise, it's in her fourth or fifth year already, but she's still got a couple more years of eligibility and just how much of a like a ball of energy she is on the court, and she's so fun to watch and, and exciting. Uh, back row, you've got Elena Scott returning and just stepped up and was an incredible uh, libero for a, a freshman after transitioning from a completely different position altogether. Exciting to have there. Uh, you've got Maya Tillman back as a middle blocker and just some of the great things that she had uh, done last season. Uh, you've got, it looks like Alexa Hendricks is coming back for your kind of your defensive row. Uh, I think Mia Stander has graduated. Yeah, graduated. I believe they, okay. so we might have a little room in the back row for a player to pop in or so. I think so we'll see Bartlett Nina. back there too. Okay, Adam Bartlett will return and get back. I think Nina Mbanu will have a increased role this year. And I think Cece Rush with her serving is going to have an increased role as well. And it looked like based off of kind of like the off season, Kara, Cressy had a really strong showing. So I'm, I'm curious to see how much of a role she'll have and impact she's going to have with this team. But she had, it looked like she's really developed and improved a lot. She did. Uh, yeah, I, get, I watched, uh, obviously I watched a, a bit of the spring play. Kara did, did quite well in the spring. Um, I suspect our starting middle, however, will be opposite of Amaya Tillman, will be Pegrin Kong, um, who also developed quite a bit uh, through last season and the off season, but uh, it, it could be close. There could be a position battle there between Pegrin and, and uh, PK and, and uh, Kara. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what develops there. We did not see a lot of PK last year, Jeff. Uh, she also went to school with somebody we know very, very well on a different roster, but still certainly a very, very good player in her own right. Uh, but PK is going to be new, I think, to most of our fans of volleyball. Talk a little bit about those strengths. Yeah, uh, she is. Uh, she is out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, she went to, I think, went to the same school as Maggie DeYoung. Maybe uh, I'm pretty sure played in the same club uh, with Maggie DeYoung. I was a little younger. Uh, Sydney Shetland, I think, it was at a different school in a different club up there, but they knew each other. Um, so, you know, we were just talking about the schedule. Obviously, that opening weekend up in South Dakota will be a homecoming for both of them to some degree. So um, that'll be uh, fantastic for them to, to be able to do that as well. Uh, but, yeah, she's a, a phenomenally uh, very long, very tall. Um, well, not very tall, but tall, 6'3". Um, long, kind of, kind of slim build, but uh, can jump just amazing. Uh, amazing jumper and is really building on that athleticism to be able to, to in that middle position, you got to be able to move laterally to move from a middle block to, you know, closing out that outside block. And uh, she really did a, a really fine job with that in the spring. So uh, that's exciting to see her develop. That's Dan Maskey's world as, as the assistant coach, associate head coach, uh, 
coaching and blocking. So I know he's working a lot with her on that. So it should be a lot of fun. Daryl, we're hoping for another Final Four out of the squad. Uh, just your thoughts on a co- kind of watching from a side here, looking in on the squad. They look like they've got the talent to get back to another Final Four. Yeah, and I was just thinking about how long Coach Buspoon Kelly's been here and and her impact on the team and getting them to mesh well and, and, and build off of last year. So I'm excited to watch her on the sidelines because I feel like she is a, an integral part of the success that they've had. And um, she's a great representative for UofL altogether and, and the volleyball program. And she's been in these situations, these high pressure and, and pretty far in the postseason. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the next season of Coach Danny. Seats will be at a premium. Obviously, in the LNN Federal Credit Union. So, uh, you better get in there early, kids, if you want to catch some home games. I think, Jeff, uh, it's usually pretty much a sellout just about every time. And it's I pretty close. Just just on season tickets alone, they get pretty close to it. Uh, and so, by the time you get any of the, the you know, the high-quality teams that are coming in there that are big draws, um, yeah, they, they're almost always sellouts. So, um, Jared and I in favor of moving yeah. this, of course, over to Broadbent Arena. But I don't think that UofL will be in agreement with us on that. So Paul's getting the call to make that happen right now. Absolutely. <laughs> That's probably Broadbent Arena calling me right now to let me know. Hey, we've got some openings over here. I was going to say they're listening. Not a bad arena, and it's you know it's right there, still close to campus. It would be a good size in terms of wanting to house a good crowd. You're not interfering with Bellarmine using Freedom Hall. The lighting has actually improved a little bit over the years. But I also think they just made a couple of lighting upgrades to LNN Federal Credit Union Arena, so I don't see them making any changes or moving anytime soon. Sonia just took that call. It was Jeff Walls indicating that he was not going to play volleyball this year for the Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it, Jeff. Well, let's look at one more schedule here before we get out of here today, and that's our field hockey schedule for Louisville, a field hockey team that went 16-4 and last year. It was a perfect 6-0 in ACC regular season competition. We'll kind of try to forget that the Cards ended the season on a two-game losing streak, okay? Because this was a very good team, but let's take a look at it for what it is, Jared. One big question here. Who's going to stand in between them pipes? Uh, Justin Sari is going to suit back up and play for us <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's, uh, if you look at the listed roster right now, it's a fairly small roster. Uh, a lot of folks had graduated. Some of them had returned for that final year of eligibility and and have since gone on to do other things. And you've had a couple people where career and life opportunities were too good to pass up so it's kind of diminished the roster a little bit in terms of what you'd like to see for field hockey where substitutions are fairly common and not having any list goalkeepers on the roster um, reminds me of I believe was it Stanford field hockey last year somebody out on the west coast didn't have an actual goalkeeper for the longest time and they actually played without a keeper in many of their matches Uh, I would prefer not to go that route but i guess it's always a possibility we've, we've all but, heard paul rant about 
going empty goal. So, you know, <laughs> imagine doing a whole game that way. Uh, yeah, only 15 active players on the roster. Uh, and a couple of them have been nursing minor injuries. Uh, and some of them have had in the past some fairly rough injuries that at this point you really have to pray and hope that they don't re-aggravate any of those as you're on a not a skeletal crew, but you're kind of flirting with it at this time. Yeah, my uh, dislike for empty goal or substitutional player, not actually a goalkeeper and goal is legendary. I believe several years ago it was, I ranted about that on a field hockey loss and much to my surprise, two weeks later, our speaker at Sportsman Supper Club was Justine Sowery. As I went around selling 50-50 tickets, I saw a coach sitting at the table with our president and said, this could be awkward. <laughs> but she got a big chuckle out of it. And she goes, you know, Paul, you always could have gotten back there and blocked a couple shots for us. And I'm like, no, I just don't think I could have bent down that low. I couldn't have done it. You've got I mean, the height to take up a lot of space, Paul. It's true, too. Yeah, I, I could probably do that. That doesn't help much in field hockey, though, because the you have to keep the ball is, yeah. low. They, they <laughs> shoot low off them sometimes, Darren. I don't know if I can get that much further past yeah. the knees. I kind of require to. You can't really intentionally yeah. lift it up. So, so we, we look at the roster here. There's obviously some names that we know, and we remember very well on this field hockey team that they're coming back. And uh, Amy Plum, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Kaz, Emily Kazmarzik is back. India Reed's back. I'm in the Tremonti is back. All very essential players for the team. You've got Katie Snyder, who can you know who can underestimate her her importance to this team last year. My gosh, she's back as a graduate player. Maddie Tabor back, also Julia Kowiser. So there is talent back here, Jared. But once again, the question remains: uh, Who's going to play that defense? Who's going to play that goal? Any thoughts you might have on goal right now? I really don't know because you don't have a lot of players to pull from as is at this point you're probably looking at someone who's not going to see as much playing time in general take the opportunity to try and suit up and see if they'll uh, be pretty decent back there in goal which you know at this point it's almost better to have somebody rather than nobody uh, you know a contested shot is much better than a wide open goal but even then I'm not really sure. I have to hope that we get some transfers coming in. It looks like we've only got one freshman on the listed roster. So, that, I kind of wonder if this hasn't been fully updated yet. That's what I'm that's hoping. Where, yeah. Because something seems a little odd just how small and, and slim yeah. it is. Because uh, I know, like, volleyball really has not know. yet been updated. So. The schedule in itself... Uh... Wow, five of the first six games on the road for the Cards and hockey starting up at Miami in a scrimmage. Once again, my favorite thing is scrimmages compared to actual competitive games. We're going to scrimmage Miami University on their home field. That's fine. No problem. We'll what if I just dress the part and just go stand out in the goal and then hope that <laughs> Justine walks by one day and just says, sign her up. I think if we dressed you up properly and then had somebody lob a bunch of easy shots into you, Daryl, where you could knock them away and use a little flair, maybe, and do hey, it. It's all about passion. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, 
If you if you play Add the, the part, tennis you can... player grunt to it, and you'll be all right. <laughs> Shouting Thank down Katie Snyder and say, "Bring that stuff in here, okay? Come on." But listen, field hockey is one of those sports that I just where these girls get the um the the bravery to stand in front of that ball is is actually is pretty impressive. Ball coming yeah, at you really really fast. Scary. And and one of the names that stood out to me for somebody that they could throw in the goal was India Reed. She stood out a lot um, last year in the matches that I watched as being a very key part of the defense for U of L. So I would put her back there if we if if this roster is confirmed. Um, she she's a local talent, and I, I was really she stood out a lot. Um, so give me give me a seventeen jersey. I'm I'm her biggest fan. There you go. We'll see if she gets it or not at it. <laughs> The Cards will be facing Bellerman for, for their first home scrimmage as compared to a real game on August the 21st. It's a Sunday. Uh, no problem with Bellerman last year. Shouldn't be much of a problem this year. I did notice, gang, there is no red and black scrimmage lined up this year. Probably because um, they don't have enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, be bad. Yeah, they, they've been struggling to get enough alumni in recent years. Yeah, and the you've alumni, got plenty that show up, but that's a lot of a lot of running and work for someone yeah. who hasn't been training in several months. That is for sure. So they have dropped that from the schedule, but uh, we'll actually go to Pennsylvania University Park up there for a couple games against Bucknell and Penn State, and then head down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. But they're not playing the Tar Heels this early. No, they're going to play Pennsylvania and Princeton down there. Now, why would they do this? I'll tell you exactly why. It's the old affable Ivy League versus ACC Challenge Cup. Yes. That could be a pretty decent overall competition in in field hockey. Two pretty good teams in Penn and Princeton, no doubt. Uh, then a long home streak opens up for Louisville, where I think they get five games in a row uh, of key note there. Indiana coming into town, North Carolina coming into town, and Michigan coming into town on Sunday, September the 11th. The Cards in Michigan definitely do not like each other in field hockey gang. That could be a very fun one to go attend, a noon start for that one. Uh, Virginia, who knocked us out of the ACC championships last year, is on the road. We also say in the state to visit VCU and then the North Carolina swing where Wake Forest has played. We go over to Liberty to take on the Flames and end the season actually with a couple of games on the road at Syracuse and Cornell before hosting Boston College as our final home game of the season. All that before Halloween, believe it or not, guys. How about that? Uh, just some early thoughts looking at the schedule, Jeff. Uh, yeah, it's uh, tough. <laughs> I mean, even even non-conference here, you've got some pretty tough teams in there. Uh, you know, Miami of Ohio is okay. That's, of course, that's just a scrimmage. But like you said, the, you, know, you got that Penn State, Penn, Princeton, JMU stretch that are all, that are all pretty decent teams. Michigan's a pretty decent team. I, you know, this is going to be a tough schedule. And then that's, of course... Then you get into conference play with, you know, the insane ACC field hockey conference level of play. So, yeah, it's this is going to be brittle. 
there will be some teams that will be looking to get a little revenge on the cards for knocking them off during the regular season last year in some very close games here. Uh, Jared, I think this could be another 16-4 and four team if things go right and maybe even better. I think it's possible. Uh, just the whole undefeated ACC is going to be tough. And even North Carolina in most years doesn't go undefeated in the ACC and field hockey. So I thought it was just an excellent year when it came to conference play. But you may see a slip and fall here and there with conference play, and that happens. There's no big deal. I mean, everybody that's going to be in the ACC is probably going to be ranked in the top 25 for a majority of the season. So I'm not too worried. I think some of these uh, neutral site locations, like when you have Bucknell, uh, up in Pennsylvania, and when you have Pennsylvania and Princeton down in North Carolina, I think you really need to focus on getting some of those neutral site victories uh, since you're not going up against some of those home crowds. But playing at Penn State's going to be a, a really tough one. Uh, playing at Liberty, Liberty's another really tough school when it comes to several sports. They're kind of sneakily really good at a lot of sports. Uh, and you've got to be able to go in and earn some of these victories because the field hockey NCAA tournament is only what 16 18 teams big uh, so each loss can be pretty crucial and knocking you out of potential tournament play a lot of fun lined up for this fall with all these sports so certainly get down to campus and make yourself a part of the action out there for sure uh i think volleyball is what got a nominal fee to get in jeff is that right uh yeah there's uh volleyball's ticketed uh soccer is going back to being ticketed, right? So they have tickets again? I think so. so. I think so. Uh, field hockey is free. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, make your decisions. Obviously, I'll be a volleyball on the season ticket holder. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to try and make it out to some field hockey games as well. Always a lot of fun. Did I miss soccer going back to being ticketed this year? I don't I don't know. Uh, another... I haven't seen any more on it. I know it was being discussed, guys, so I'm not yeah. sure. And, and then they moved away from it during COVID, but uh, – Thought they were planning on moving back. They, ha- they haven't updated the website. It just still just says free admission for 2021 <laughs> season. So that doesn't yeah. really do much. Yeah. Needing an SID for that sport, obviously, as well. Yep. To see, we'll get some more information loose on that. But hey, guys, we have already uh, hit and passed the witching hour here of noon. So let's go ahead and transgress us into some final thoughts, shall we? Let's start at let's start out with Daryl. Daryl, what final thoughts you got for us today? Um, I'm excited about this coming seasons uh, for all the programs. It's um, there's an opportunity to build off how far they were able to go last season and get fans excited. And um, I know we're still in a COVID world, but a lot of us can feel comfortable getting back out there to. Um, support these programs that put so much effort into uh, representing the university and you know it's just it's exciting to look forward to and um, hope everyone has a safe and fun holiday weekend looks like the weather is going to be pretty reasonable absolutely wear shorts kids wear shorts it's warm and sunscreen yes and don't forget your sunscreen (laughs) jared what you got for me yeah, I'm just excited that some of these schedules are finally out so I can start putting those onto my calendar and 
planning out these conflicts that I'm going to have where some teams are going to be at home on the same day at the same time. Uh, but also just hopeful that whoever our new uh, multiple SIDs that we have to hire to replace ones that have retired or left are as lenient and as kind as the ones that we've lost and will continue to grant us media credentials to cover all these sports. Yeah, I would certainly hope that that'll happen and will certainly endeavor to do so once I have some names that I can actually contact and say, hey, I'm with Cardinal Couple. This is what we've done. This is what we'd like to do again this year. Can you accommodate us, please? If not, we're going to send a 500-pound gorilla down to campus and recap. (laughs) And that gorilla being me. Yeah, we're going to send down Daryl Faust 4 as an F-O-R. Daryl Faust for destruction. Yeah. Uh. Hey, Jeff, what you got going on, Bubba? Yeah, we referenced uh, Racing Louisville earlier. Uh, they have a really kind of a fun game tomorrow that they're going to be playing uh, tomorrow evening, uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, they're playing the Orlando Pride, which is always a, a, an interesting game. That's Orlando's very good, uh, very good team. Uh, this one, it is an away game though, so this is not downtown at, at Land Family Stadium. It is on CBS Sports, so hopefully you can pick it up there. But it is, it is not in Orlando either. It is in Daytona, and by in Daytona, I mean it is in the infield of the Daytona Motor Speedway. They yeah. have built a soccer field, soccer pitch in the infield to host us at the Daytona Motor Speedway. I'm sure this will be a celebration of all things USA and and very nationalistic and all of that, but um, kind of a cool venue to play uh, a soccer match in. Uh, And as we mentioned earlier, obviously, Amina Ekic and uh, Allison Whitfield, both uh, on the roster right now, Um, you know, not potential opportunity to see them on the field together again. Maybe we'll see. Um, and I'm, we'll probably see Amina on the field. She's been playing pretty regularly, but whether Whitfield gets on there or not, we'll see. So are you saying Case is getting the best of both worlds with soccer and NASCAR? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just hoping they're not racing at the same time this soccer no. match is going on, okay? Because, I mean, you, you know, you get somebody's chasing one too far out of bounds there, yeah. and all, all of a sudden, you know, you got out a caution flag, right? He had to swerve to miss the, the midfielder. <laughs> Ran into the wall, destroyed the car, and the midfielder on her. Ball uh, ricochets off a car and goes in the goal. Hey! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you can't do that. And, uh, let's go to the monitors. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, just want to extend a congratulations to, to Gabby Leon, of course, obviously, our NCAA pole ball champion of 2022 and the outdoor championships. She got an invite to qualify for the World Athletes Championships. Uh, she was originally listed as an alternate, but was called up when uh, they had one participator in the pole vault back out and withdraw from the event. Gabby gets a chance to go back up to where she achieved her success up in Eugene, Oregon, on the Hayward Field up there to take part in the pole vault. And so uh, congratulations, Gabby. You snuck in there, but remember, there was a horse in the Kentucky Derby a couple months ago. That's right. They didn't think it was going to get in, but it got in in the last minute and surprised a lot of people. So go up there and, and, and give them L, Gabby. That's what I can tell you. That, that'll do it for another Cardinal Couple. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be catching
catching back with you guys, of course, obviously next week. Until then, everybody have a safe and, and fun fourth. And remember, you know, if you're going to drive impaired, make sure it's just up and down the driveway. Okay. Or not even that. Yeah, or not. Yeah, depending on how big your driveway is. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Music.